fighting Fighting a buckle I mean who you can win This is Tion Buku One. And this is Yula. This is the Black Fletch. What? I don't know. The Black Fletch? We'll change the name. Black Fletch. <laughs> I don't know what the Russian is, but the right. Russian has turned into Fletch. Right. Okay. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode whatever it is 48. 48? Yeah. You sure? Yes. I keep right. track. Okay, cool. Episode 48. Watch it be 49. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's this episode. If you're listening to it, this is the one you should be listening to anyways. So that's the most important thing. So yeah, we're about to get into it. We got fresh air, finally. Fresher air. Not fully fresh air, but right. fresher air in California. As you know, we've been on fire for the last week and a half. Um, so we're good to be outside so you might hear some birds chirping uh let you know we out back and we alive so before we go we (laughs) (laughs) you've been painting too much i know i got so screening vibes before we go deep into the podcast i would like to say like i say every podcast we do not advocate any one relationship style over another we advocate pro honesty trust empowerment and encouragement of growth and authentic self you can have fucked up dishonesty in monogamy in polyamory or any form of anything what we are against is any relationship that mandates you to be a certain way beyond your desire that's it okay good job you mouthed it all really well Congratulations, (laughs) we're past this stage in our podcast. Yes, it evolves every time, but it's the same difference, you know. Um, So, what did we talk about the last podcast? Uh, The last podcast, we were talking about difficult feelings and our propensity for quick fixes. Right. Instead of sitting with them, 
figuring out where they came from, what do we want to do with it, versus knee-jerking and putting blame for our difficult feelings on a person who triggers them even when they have nothing to do with our trigger. Right. So you mean I can't just post a meme about Black Lives Matter and then be good and I have to deal with the horrible and comfortable pains of the long-term <laughs> issues of injustice and that is not going it, to... It's not solved with just one act or one uh, post? It depends on who you ask. Yeah. In reality, it isn't. But... If that made you feel better, then you solved it for yourself. Right. Yeah, and all, it's crazy how that topic we're talking about just kind of ties in to everything. And, and you guys, if you, this is the first episode you've ever listened to, um, you'll see that what we're talking about is relationships in general, which all stem from the relationship we have with our true, honest, authentic self. So people may come to the podcast thinking it's just going to be about intimate relationships, husbands, wives, boyfriends, 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 girlfriends, girlfriends, boyfriends, boyfriends, girlfriends, but it's really about the root relationship, which is the one we have with ourselves, which is our truth. Right. Um, so all this applies, you know, like we're talking about how people um, do not like to sit in uncomfortable feelings. They want to solve it right away or put a bandaid on it or just do or say anything that takes that feeling away, where in reality, um, the true healing and the true understanding comes in long, deep root work and consistency over long periods of time so that's what it is so we got that in there if you haven't heard that episode go back and listen to that one but now we're into this one and yeah and this one is basically the continuation of the of the previous one originally it was supposed to be uh fit into that one but because we like going long and deep and wide uh we never got to this part of it right uh, I, where, where I felt it ties into what we talked about last time is our traditions. Right. Uh, most, as you were saying, that the triggers that we act on in our relationships as we go through life are created in our, you know, most of them are created when we're little, uh, when we live, when we don't have a choice where we're living, how we're living, and who surrounds us. So that's when our immediate society, our families, uh, the habits, the traditions, um, the culture in the society that we're growing up in affect us the most. And that's where most of us create our traumas. Then, uh, you know, that later as we go through life, if we hadn't realized where our traumas are, where they came from, and how to deal with them, we will just continue reacting to them. Right. And, you know, that kind of goes back to, not kind of, but directly, you know, look back to 47 to talk to, to, to hear us talk about that. Uh, but the other part of how we're growing up and how the society around us functions is something that I've been thinking about a lot uh, while we're sitting in this pandemic, and why, how, as we're watching, uh, you know, us act on our traumas, develop new skills, choose not to develop new skills, uh, just kind of pondering, like, where did I learn how to enjoy cooking or, you know, baking or uh, cleaning? And I'm like, well, I grew up with my grandma. You know, grandma always lived with us. 
and then uh, so a lot of my basic skills came through that experience but then beyond that a lot of my care for people for older people for what I expect from our children uh, what I give to my parents and what how much they can rely on me for it how much I can rely on them comes from how I grew up you know and thinking about how uh, moving to, moving to the U.S. you know in early 1991 uh, was an interesting experience because one of the immediate differences that I noticed was how families didn't function the way that my family functioned right. growing up. My friends' families functioned, and largely because. We all, most of us, live all live together, three generations in one place, because of economic conditions. And what that did is, you know, created this whole support system that w that's family-based and generational. And moving here was really um, eye-opening how there's very little of this support system that functions in the same way. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, coming out through difficult times uh, as we have to rely on ourselves and our connections with the closest families, etc. Uh, so that's something that I really wanted to talk about. Was that, like, news to you when I started talking about it? Um, you know, it's funny. It was kind of something that was probably right under the surface, but I never thought of it that way. You know, I never thought of um, the effects and the benefits of having three generations in the house um, versus the effects and benefits or non-benefits of, you know, having these satellite families that once you're a certain age, you get out and you, you, go, right. you go away and stuff like that. So once you were bringing it up and talking about how, you know, that at your house was the place where you could interact with generations, with your elders, right. you know, get stories and wisdoms and just learning how to... Um, deal with life as life transitions into an older and older and, and degenerates yeah. you know and how to stomach that and how to yeah. find joy in that um, whereas you know a lot of us are terrified of death um, and getting older yeah. and you're saying part of it is partially because we don't naturally spend as much time with elders we don't actually no. spend time um, just doing what families do in most um, countries which is you're there for your grandparents. You take care yeah. of your parents, your grandparents. Um, they stay in the house, and they're all, they're all, it's all big one big um, ecosystem of, of family and culture. Right. When you have that kind of system, death is as natural as birth. Right. Kids are born. Uh, the grandparents die. That's a cycle. No one freaks out. It's a cycle of life. Uh, when you start shipping your parents to a nursing home. Right, your kids don't see them age because you go visit them when, however, that's not, you know, natural. That's right. scary as shit. Right, uh, uncomfortable. Like right, uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to encounter it. So it's one of the, in my eyes, it's one of the, uh, w one of the experiences that shape our relationship to death. We're scared of it. Uh, aging process. Right, not 
gradually like I my grandma was all wrinkled you know right. and I'm like it was supernatural um, so I'm really not scared of getting wrinkles on my face but when you don't see it you think that you know it's not normal or you know it, it's scary it's part of dying well it is mm-hmm. but when you're scared of it you want to prevent it um, there is a lot that you know I'm I'm I've been thinking about um, what happens when you change that. And trust me, my mom, uh, you know, my grandma was my dad's mom. My mom was not very happy having to spend basically, you know, 20 years or plus of her, got more, 25 years of her married life with her mother-in-law. It's not easy in a small place. It's not easy, uh, you know, and there are pluses and minuses, you know. Uh, John and I lived with my fa- parents for a few years, and I experienced that firsthand. Right. John was her husband by, previous to me. Right. My first husband and I lived with my parents for a few years, and it was difficult, you know. Uh, I sometimes think now that if we didn't live with them, maybe we would have had a different relationship, right. he and I. But at the same time, you know, our kids developed this relationship with, with their grandparents that they would not have if they came and visited once a week. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's definitely a different level of care, respect, understanding, acceptance uh, that came from those years and how close uh, their grandparents were to them. Right. Yeah, and you know, it, like you're saying, there's pluses and minuses, and you know, when we're having this discussion, it's not to say that everybody who lives in three generational households, it's great and beneficial for everybody. Nor are we saying that if you move out and you separate, it's all bad. I mean, it's all about the circumstances. But we're talking about the essence, the metaphor, the family represents is just being connected to your cultural roots, yeah. your ancestors, your elders. Right. Um, to be able to um, deal with life as it evolves, like, you know, transition from, you know, baby to kid to teenager to young adult to elder to senior right. to transition out of this physical form. Um, that's what we're talking about. So as we're going through this, Nula's giving examples, keep that in mind because I know if that's not how you felt if you lived in a three-generation house or you lived with your parents and it was toxic, you may reject the concept but what we're talking about is that relationship with our elders and our connection to who we are, where we came from, and, and these things. Right, and then that creates natural respect for uh, for older people, for their experiences, understanding that, yes, we have our opinions, they have experiences, so the very, at least, uh, the very least that we can do is show respect and interest in the experiences because there's a lot there. Right. Um, and just because they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, computers and social media doesn't mean that we don't have anything to learn from, from the relationships that they had, experiences that they had. Uh, and I think that's really important. I mean, seeing and watching, partially, I believe, and, you know, this can be a... Um, depending on you know how old you are it can be a controversial opinion but i think that 
partial reason why millennials can be so dismissive of uh, experience and assume that because they have education and are smart, their opinion has the same weight, uh, and that's mostly in a work environment, is because I think there's very little respect for experience. And I understand the flip side of it is that, you know, there's dinosaurs that don't like to change and, right. you know, don't want to uh, make any adjustments to how the world is now. But that's not to say that experience is worth nothing. Right. I think that the basic human experience is very important regardless of when that took place and if there was social media or you know current technologies or not because humans are humans decisions are decisions you know how humans interact uh the premise is always the same the tools are different right the speed is different but the actual basic premise of what matters in relationships is the same so when you lose the respect level, you lose that, f you start breaking down that fiber of the society that supports you as you get older. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, growing up in a family where it's assumed that we take care of uh, older people so they don't have to guess what's gonna happen to them uh, makes me, made me feel, uh, well, a, it's a given that, you know, my parents took care of my grandparents till they died. It's a given that I will take care of my parents until they die. So I'm sure it's not a comfortable conversation to the, for them, but the luxury of assuming and knowing that they have this support system, uh, you know, is important. And, uh, you know, raising our kids in the same way to where uh, you know, they know they're going to have to be responsible <laughs> for helping us when we need help yeah. is one of the most important ways that, uh, you know, we raise the kids. Because if you don't have that, you really, I can't even imagine feeling like I have to make sure that I have everything taken care of for myself because when I really, when I'm old, there's, I can't rely on anyone. That feels scary as shit to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not just monetary, which a lot of people would go to monetary pressures, but it's also, and most importantly, emotional and physical, just cultural support, having yeah. someone to talk to, having someone to take you to get groceries, having someone to, you know, be there to just be there right companionship yeah. yeah just hang out and Connected. listen yeah 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 so you know i think uh as we go through the this you know social experiment that we're in it's really interesting for me to think about who is helping us and who can we rely on uh and what happens when we can't rely on anybody else right and i kind of feel like the whole uh i'm for myself you know uh mentality where 
you have to rely on you they we get taught to rely on ourselves as we go through school as we find a job as we create our career it's me 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 you know top to bottom in our government right now that's what we're seeing it's the yeah. me 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 like we don't care well that old people die anyway who cares right. well because you didn't live with your grandma and didn't you see, you didn't see the trouble that she goes through to get dressed and shower and how you know right. like all that stuff you don't understand it's easy to detach and uh, you know if, if if you're not seeing the process every day you're not part of the process right. it's a lot easier to dismiss it right yeah but if you're involved in the process because of your own experiences then it becomes more difficult to dismiss right and I think, you know, not to get super political here, but I think the whole uh, difference, oh, the, I, you know, the way that the Democrats are highlighting Biden's experience through his family loss right. as a way for him to relate to people that are having, uh, you know, tragedy, experiencing tragedy in their lives either because of uh, COVID deaths, police shooting, anything, is because he has gone through it, right. you know? Like, he knows what it feels like. Uh, and that's really, impo that should be really important. Yeah. Uh, and I know I'm on a monologue here, but then, that's like... That's why we have a podcast. Know, you know, I felt like that all that goes into... Uh, what do we expect from people in our lives? Like, right. what do we expect from our kids? Well, you can't expect more than what you give them. Right. So you start there. You give them, uh, you know, un, uh, unlimited support and understanding and provide resources. And then you can expect the same in return uh, when you need it. Because right. the cycle of life is a cycle of life. Uh, and then, you know, that goes into friendships as well. You know, like how close do you want you, what do you expect from your friendships? Right. You know, that's a good, that's a good question for those listening. Ask yourself, um, have you articulated what you want out of friends? What's the criteria? What's the threshold of someone becoming a friend from acquaintance and from a good friend? Um, I think a lot of times we just gravitate towards people for whatever reason and then we started defining it in retrospect you know like oh this is a good friend of mine it's like you know i know for me a lot of my good friends growing up a big bunch of them were just due to proximity like we were in the same neighborhood right we were around each other for 10 years and it, and it wasn't until i started becoming more consciously aware of um the effects of people's energy and, and thoughts are on me that i started really evaluating like yo that's my homie but he is super negative right or he is super condescending or you know, and stuff like that. So as we get into adulthood, like we were talking about with, you know, a lot of the ways we process information and make decisions come from when we're very young. And it's probably good for us, you know, in adulthood to kind of reassess why we do what we do and why we choose the friends that we do and see if they're aligned with what we really want. But it's a trip because I've been watching you go through, um, as you start talking to more people, starting to really identify uh, the the traits that you really want in a okay. friendship and how hard they are to find. Well, you know, it's just thinking that, to me, the changeover, like from, 
you know, I mean, I grew up how I grew up, right? Naturally gravitated to people with, you know, who grew up with the same backgrounds, uh, went to the same school, uh, kind of, you know, maybe who's the parents, our parents were friends, like a lot of it was that. Uh, and that was like my first group of friends. And then we moved here, and then I had to start from scratch. And for the longest time, that starting from scratch was pretty much zero friends. Right. You know, like, you and I became friends, and that stuck because you were, we connected on, on the, like, the mutual exchange of what we were giving to each other, it fit. Right. Right. right? Like, what you were giving me was something unique in my life, and what I was giving you was, you know, very important and unique in your life. Right. And both of them were very important to us, so we stuck to it. Right. Like, on both sides, so, you know, and that, uh, I was just telling Tion uh, that I knew him when he was a teenager. <laughs> right. That's kind of how long that's been, that's okay, been sticking. Got. Right, right. So, it stuck pretty well. Uh, but then... The whole process of creating new friendship was v friendships was very, very, very slow. And changing from, oh, I'm going to, you know, spend time with people who I used to be friends with, who maybe moved here, uh, that hung, hung around for a while. And then I'm going to, you know, be friends with people I date. That was a natural. I think we all go through that. Right. Uh, but that comes and goes. But then creating the actual ongoing friendships that s were based on what I needed or what I need was a very, very slow process. Right. Because it's, it's you know, when you don't think of going from not thinking about what you need in friendships to really focusing on oh, I want this, and this person has it. Right. Uh, is, is a slow process. Yeah, and it's, and it's layers to it. You know, like when we think of what we want in relationships, a lot of times we stick on the you know, first couple of layers of, from surface down into three layers of depth where you get into like, well, I want someone who I can do this with. I want someone who is down to, who's into this like me. I want someone, and these are, are nourishments um, but there are deeper level ones that we're talking about core nourishment like most of our the the, the surface not the surface nourishments that we want are various situations like when dating we're friends with someone when we're dating but once we're not dating it's it's a it's a 50 50 chance that right. what the intensity and the appreciation of the person we felt resonates because it's circumstance it's situational yeah I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me, we have a heightened level of appreciation because of that. Right. When that goes away, right. it is what it is, you know, and we have different circumstantial ones, but I think, you know, the deeper ones are, the, are relationships that have nourish, nourishments that transcend space and time and structure. There right. might be somebody that you were lovers with, but you guys transitioned out of that because you moved away or someone got married and you became another version of your connection through friendship and then through family and maybe yeah. through or you met somebody through business but you, you hit it off with them so well that once the business transaction was over you stay close to them because there was a deep resonance that transcended the specific action or the circumstance yeah 
But and I think you know, like you, you, are, uh, you're more action based, and I'm more feeling based. So I think um, as we end up in the same space, the entry points are opposite. Like where you start thinking about your friendships based on you know activity, what they're in involved in, that you right. know you guys can you can share. Mine has always been, how do I feel about this person? Like, right. does this person make me? help me feel a certain way you right. know am i connecting on that level where i don't have to worry about constantly creating uh you know and a, a reaching out to create contact right you know and over the last few years i've really learned that what's important to me is to feel that the other person cares right so how does that so i was going to ask you the crazy try answering before i was asking you so i was going to ask you so what are some of these these things you look for now what do you what do you look for what are good characteristics that you like in a friendship uh, so I need the feeling of the other person actively caring about me right um, caring in terms of being interested in who I am what I do what makes me happy what makes me not happy uh, that's really super important. Uh, it's important to me that um, the other person is passionate about their life and what they have in it. To where it's not, uh, the friendship is not based on them uh, always needing energy from me you right. know based on what i do like you know i i think that i you know i generate a lot of my own activity and a lot of my own uh you know happy energies and i want to uh i want to feel that it's a pretty even exchange right you know where the other person has passions of their own that they are wanting to share and include me in not necessarily you know through me being involved in them but just like sharing hey this is what I'm doing you yeah. know and it's either I mean it can be anything it can be art it can be political organizi organizing it can be like literally writing books anything but something that I find that people that don't have a uh, drive to do something that makes them happy right. are just uh, I can't really create a good connection with them because it it ju it dies right and I think you know when someone doesn't have a, p a specific passion or a drive um, or a purpose in their life it's hard for them to be proactive because they're they're looking to field ways to feel good as opposed to I'm going to create my feel good and share it with people that resonate yeah you know and it doesn't have to be like it's it's not anything that has to be big right at all it's not monetary right it's not monetary like it's, it's not big it's not even tangible it could right. be like i'm super into music right and maybe it's jazz right or maybe it's you know like e anything right you know it's uh, at all uh or or i'm super into plants right but something I'm, that activates right. that deep part of your being. Right, something that makes you happy, you know. Right. Uh, through this time of being at home, and you know, I've been baking a lot, and I'm like, 
that makes me happy. It's not attached to anyone. It's completely independent of anything. I need water and flour. That's it. Right. You know, and an oven. Uh, and I can feel how happy that makes me feel. And that's what I seek in uh, people that I connect with. Give me something that you are happy about. Right. Uh, and that's it. You know, and we'll just, you know, I mean, I have friends who are passionate about hip hop. I have friends who are passionate about cooking and reading certain kinds of books, or, but they're passionate about something, right. you know, uh, and that's, that's what makes me happy. Right. So what are the, you know, in your current, you know, in your current last, let's say, year or two, as you've been, you know, you've really shifted how... Um, you determine what you want and what a, a good person is to be around, right? And good person to be around, whether it's it's has physical interaction or not, but it's the root stuff. Um, you started finding a lot of things, and um, what are some of the things that you have found that have been um, not so pleasing? <laughs> not so pleasing is you know. Um, the new people that I meet now is mostly through like OKC. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a dating program, the, the, yeah, a dating yeah. app for those who aren't. Who are in, not. Uh, not, not right. Uh, and there's plenty of interesting people on there. Right. Uh, you know, I think I've learned how to um, find interesting people and start conversations. What's not cool is to realize how little. Um, connection you can like gets created through these conversations um, I don't know it seems like even when people are like no I totally am on the same page with you I want to create a friendship first and then if there is like sexual attraction it's great but in reality if the sexual conversation doesn't happen right away, right. the conversation just doesn't happen. Right. Which doesn't, sucks. Doesn't sustain. Right. It doesn't sustain, you know, which is stupid. It's like, I understand that people are interested in, you know, sexual energy, especially when you're stuck at home. It's important. I get it. I have sexual energy, but it's not going to feel good and be sustained for a long period of time if that's all there is right so you know i'm like i consciously choose not to go with that for go go like start with that because it's the easy to me that's like the easiest bait right uh and you know i i think i feel like once you do that then what right then it's really more difficult to build a friendship from there versus you build a friendship and during like in the process of building it you will see if there's a sexual energy there or not right yeah for sure and what we'll do is we'll go ahead and and take a break a little music break then we'll get into that um building wide right you No, know, and we'll get into that because i like to say i'm a a savant at building wide in relationships yeah so we'll get into that, the Black Russian Podcast, episode 40-something. <laughs> 48.
life, let me live mine alone. Hey, oh, you want to come there? It's to consume of my share, but I'm ready and I am prepared. Hey, enough the boy, you see me say, enough the boy, you know her. Man, walk on me for father, find when them not so hard. Yes, yes. The Black Russian Podcast, episode 40-something. We're back at it again. So we're going to get into building wide, building relationships wide. And what does that mean to you? Um, To me, it means that we have more than one point of connection. Right. More than one interest that we share you know, like one of my first real friends, the friendships that I uh, created when, uh, you know, here was with my old assistant at work, right. with Bob. Yeah? And we connected because we were working together, but then it grew into a real friendship because we also cared about each other uh you know, he cared about my kids and I right. cared about his relationship with his boyfriend at the time. And, you know, we helped each other out when we needed conversation. And, you know, I supported him through his journey to quit smoking, like all kinds of stuff. So it, be- it, it, it was, you know, based on a work relationship, but then it widened, right? So it became broad based on all the other stuff that uh, we also shared right and that's you know that that's one of my uh, ongoing broad friendships where you know we can uh, we go for months without talking and then but we'll always know that we have each other's back right yeah and so you're saying on the last half of this you're saying you know when you're on the OKC dating apps you have challenges because they you meet people who say they want to build wide and you know they want to build a friendship right. first and if there's sexual energy that's would be preferred but it's not mandatory but then once it's not there right away you feel a drift right it's it's interesting how you know i don't know the way my profile reads i guess it's the same way that i speak about it is that hey you know i want to create uh, relationships in my life that uh, are sustainable whether or not you know there's sexual energy or not and if there is great it adds to it it's fun uh, but there is other you know points of connection and that appeals I think on the, on the, like on the surface but also maybe like on a deep deep level it appeals to a lot of people right. because I think that all humans want that kind of connection 
Like, it's stupid to have a connection just on... I mean, unless you really just go, hey, I only want sex. I don't want to talk to you about anything else. Right. I mean, there's a function there for sure, but then I don't know that you can call it a friendship, you know? Right. But as humans, we want to connect on, I think, a level where we feel uh, we we're supported. So it appeals to a lot of people, but then the effort is not there. Right. So I think that, you know, what I'm learning is that the effort, it takes an effort to start a friendship like that right it really really does like it it literally it's like you know abc of starting a friendship be consistent right you know pop up and share a day like something right, right. inquire say hi uh share a little bit of conversation as we go to where it starts to stick Right. And that's like the first layer of kind of where people fall off. Right. Yeah. And it's funny that it kind of ties into, you know, the last episode. And this is people wanting this quick fix. They want to feel a certain way right away as soon as possible. Right. Um, and then if they don't, they bounce to go find that. Even right. though that pattern has left them in a state to where they always feel like they need to go find this big thing or the feel better thing. Um Whereas what you're talking about takes more genuine care, more time, more energy, uh, more creativity. Um, you know, you actually have to get to know the person. You actually might have to ask them questions about something specific in their world, not just, hey, what's up? Right. How was your day? Right. You know, and stuff like that. Um, for me, building why came from an angle of, you know, when I, when I met a girl, for example, that I really liked, you know, we were attracted to each other. Um, once I knew the attraction was strong, I was like, dope, okay, now what else do we have in common? What else can we do besides talk about how cute we are, how sexy we are? Because I really like this person. I know that the sexual attraction lane may not last forever, but I want to be a connected person. That's wise of you. When did you figure that out? Probably shit <laughs> middle school i don't know high well school. no that's i mean it's a real i'm not even joking yeah. it's a real question it's just like, kind of my thing is i just wanted to um i wanted to be more to women than just a guy they dated i think it's part of my dealing with my own trauma of making sure that i was you know i had, I had the fear of being replaced so what did i what did i do i used that as motivation to just become more you know, become more than just this or just that. Be somebody that they could come to about the sexual stuff, but also come to about their personal stuff or about family stuff or about silly stuff or about pensive stuff. So I really just started becoming a wider human being and then looking for ways to um, become more to somebody because that was my way of staying in their, of my best investment of staying in their lives longer. And so that just transformed into later on when I actually really like somebody I was like you know okay we have the sexual lane cool but let's build why what do we do before sex after sex because sex is only X amount of time and if we can if we can build why and I can find ways for us to deeply connect maybe through a passion of your art or passion of mine or I can teach you something in my world you can teach you something in yours all of a sudden if that person moves on and gets a boyfriend or gets married like we still have a friendship and a connection it's not like we only had one lane so therefore right. once that lane was done um and it's funny because it's it's transcended beyond just 
females and that, that I'm attracted to. Like I do that with dudes. Like if I meet a right. dude who's, you know, we're talking on some business stuff about, you know, let's say we come in through the lane of talking about brand management. But very quickly, as we get to know each other, like I want to get to know more about them and what they do and who they are, as well as share, because I right. think we can transcend this one right. business reaction, especially if I think there's someone of value, there's really cool, then I want to be able to be around and contribute to them through beyond this one project. Yep. Um, but what that takes is I'm, I'm into this person. I'm yeah. curious. I'm fascinated. I offer myself. And you have to be consistent. Yes. And you're consistent. You know, um, so two things came to mind as you were talking. One is I just, uh, so I've had this ongoing client for like three or four years and right. they refuse to sign, like they sign an ongoing uh, like monthly retainer agreement because right. they're like no we don't just come to you when we need you right well i tolerated that for like three or four years but i'm also really good friends with her right because i like her and we work really well together so like three or four years into this consistence being there for her and helping she's like yeah i'm ready to sign with you and now she doesn't care how much you'll pay right you know, but like I could have just been like one of those like psh, whatever I don't care. Right. Come to me when you need my help, but I'm not gonna do anything beyond that. Right. You know, but uh, as you were talking about like your understanding that you need to build wide and where it came from, I think mine really came from I've always been afraid of running out of the relationship. Right. Meaning. So I really like someone and that started, I remember the first time that feeling hit, I was like in sixth grade, Right. you know, I felt like I really liked this guy. And then next thing you know, I'm bored that I'm bored with him. So I'm right. done. And then next one, and then I'm bored with him and I'm done. And I'm like, Jesus, like, you know, right. and that kept happening until, you know, like into my twenties. And then I realized, like, that's my biggest fear is that I'm basically going to be done with a relationship that I'm in because I am bored. Right. And that is, you know, what happens with friendships or people I connect with that we either, you know, I don't take time to build wide or they don't make an effort to build wide. Something happens and you know somehow through circumstance we don't work through something difficult right. like you run through it you're done with it yeah. and then when you're done with it you look back and you're like oh damn like you know that was kind of cool but it wasn't enough what we had wasn't enough right we didn't and, then, and so you know talking about like the dating apps and just in the sexual energy lane like sex is the big brightest light eye candy in circumstances to where um, once two people know that they're both feeling each other there a lot of times we can just focus on that and ride that yep. shit to the dirt yep. and that becomes our core lane um, that we communicate with that we connect on that we share love that we share anything we have and the challenge is once that's ran its course yep. if you haven't built wide or you guys get into a weird fight and you don't have any other lanes yep. to fall back on to generate good stuff, then it can halt it or kill it. I mean, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, worked for us through to endure some of the crazy stuff we've been through 
is that we have so many lanes that we build together that when one or two of the lanes is having a hard time, we have all these other ones that are picking up the slack and generating so much nourishment that it doesn't sink the ship. Right. Whereas if we were just, our whole if our core of our relationship was sexual and romantic and we had a time where we are going through a rough patch where we weren't that sexual or romantic, we would, we would drift off. We would, we would have no connection to each other. Right. And I think that's what happens so commonly in intimate relationships is that it's, it's so based upon one thing, mainly a lot of times sexual and romantic, yep. that once that is hindered due to a challenge or a change, we don't have anything else. You know, and that's like, like some of the women that I've dated, I'm like, you know, that maybe wanted to transition out of, you know, as being sexual, and then my energy changed, you know? And they'll assume my energy changed, well, because I wanted sex, and if I didn't have, they weren't gonna have sex with me, I didn't want to be around them. Right. My thing is like, no, I want sexual energy, meaning a heightened sense of energy, so it doesn't have to come from sex, but it needs to come from somewhere. Like, right. are we working on music? Are we, right. are we have good conversations about this? Are we, what are we doing that's making me feel appreciated alive and engaged right and it's and that's what you know consistent care means to me right you know if you're consistently engaging in a conversation or activity something you know that uh shows me that you care then that's that creates sexual energy right. or a higher level of energy than just like hey what's up right and if you're if you're scratching your head right now going what what's the difference between sex and sexual energy we actually have an episode about that so go back to that episode i think it's 35 but just look sex versus sexual energy they're actually different things can be well they, they are yeah i mean they can in conjunction together it's yeah. amazing you can get sexual energy through sex but you can also get sexual energy through conversation yeah. through music making together to creating projects together to just sharing passion and purpose yep. collectively with somebody right right so you know for me as a woman you know i'm very sexual i can be extremely sexual and to me these conversations that i engage in where everyone agrees yes let like you know uh, building a friendship that is not based on sex sounds great and if you know we cross into sexual energy that's a uh, benefit a letdown is that if you can't maintain like if you can't get there i'm one that's not getting it either right you know like it's not like i don't want it right i want it but I don't. I'm not gonna put it out first right. and not make skip it the steps. right. I'm not gonna skip the steps. So like it's stupid to not consider that. You know, if you're not putting an effort to create what supposedly you understand, uh, you know, needs to be created, then no one benefits from it. Right. Like how is that beneficial to anyone? Right, and it goes back to the bandwidth of like, can we sit in? the process and enjoy it the process of getting to know somebody um beyond flirting beyond what's right. their sexual fantasies beyond right. that banter right um, and and you know like in in my i think a lot of women you know would agree like my fear is that not not just like fear but the um uh, 
reluctance to engage sexually immediately is in the not wanting to take a chance of being stuck in it right you know like if i have a friendship where there is sexual energy in the friendship i can choose to be sexual when i feel it right and then not be sexual when i don't feel it because i don't always feel it no one always feels it right uh and then i don't want to be punished when i'm not feeling it right like i want to be able to talk about the weather books political situation you know my inspirations my ups my you know my highs my lows with as much connection as i feel when uh you know i'm i'm sending booty pictures right so i want to feel that same level of appreciation engagement connection regardless of what we're talking about like i don't want to feel like someone's enduring my conversation about you know what i think about raising children because they're waiting for that to be over so that they can see another picture of my ass right like that's you know i i don't that's a that's a situation i don't want to be in yeah and that's real and you know it's it's funny because like you know i'm going through you know just these these type of dialogues with a with a close friend of ours and you know what i convey to her is um i don't i don't need you to tell me you want to be sexual with me or you know you don't per se i just want your clarity and truth because clarity and truth calms me i'm good with any any variation of our friendship because i've built um with the foundation and desire to be a part of your life as long as we're mutually beneficial to be positive attributes so the only thing that deters me from that is not deciding that we're not going to be sexual it's just aloof uh dishonesty um not showing that you care enough to keep me included in what's going on what's changing and not so once someone shares with me there you know includes me in the process and just tells me this is how it is and i don't know if it's going to change i don't know what's going on i'm i relax because it's great because i have um versatility in how i can care about somebody i have versatility in how i can show love versatility in how i can uh give appreciation validation um sexual energy which is pretty much as heightened levels of presence right attention yeah. uh validation love respect camaraderie admiration yeah um, and that that doesn't happen when we don't build wide right um you know it goes for uh, like i was talking a little bit about you know my disappointment in you know both myself and other people if we are not able to get through a difficult situation right that to me means that we didn't build wide enough right if we're not able to for whatever reason to go through a um, you know an argument a serious argument you know after we you know calm down and feelings are you know at bay that means like if we don't have the tools to go through it that means we didn't build wide enough right the foundation's not not strong enough to withstand any shakes or quakes right and it's it's disappointing you know it's very uh calming like you said to be to know that you know when things happen and they happen with all of us it's going to be difficult you know but you can work through it because both sides want to go through it because both sides 
sides value the relationship uh, you know high enough to understand that you go through difficult time you um, get uncomfortable right you uh, resent you you know look for ways to not deal with it but eventually you're like yeah but do I want to lose this relationship you know no well then you know put your ego aside whatever it is and just get to it you know Uh, and it's it hurts when we're not able to do it right and that's a good that's definitely a good gauge on how how deep and wide your foundation is built and that's the that's the challenge unfortunately with the way we as we the way we we've in our society we assume relationships should be let's let's avoid the difficult conversations i don't want to tell this person this part of my truth because if i do they might judge me or leave so right. therefore i'm just going to hide that but it's a truly a part of me and so what happens is we constantly just like we're talking about how people um are so distanced from age and death that they don't even want to be around it they can't feel uncomfortable they don't talk about it nothing like that uh the equivalent of that relationship space is just difficult hard stuff people right. avoid it they don't want to yeah. talk about it and then when they do talk about it it's usually in crisis when it's the worst time to talk about it because no one's uh present and calm everyone's in reactionary and emotions are triggered and stuff like that so what happens is we don't give ourselves the opportunities to build deep because we're not willing to test by having real conversations that are uncomfortable right. that may be uh, that may take a few days to get through days sometimes you know? you know one of my best girlfriends we didn't talk for a year yeah I mean we literally did not talk for a year like we ended like on a very difficult we agreed to disagree notes we didn't talk for a year and after a year we both like slowly but surely and uh, like you know we worked through it and not by ignoring it right but literally by coming back to it by working through you know what was done how it felt uh who contributed to you know like what was done wrong you know i was wrong in that situation i apologize like you know and then showing showing up every day and showing that you know i care and uh really not just saying that i understand but showing that I understand right. because I've you know chosen to show it every day right and that and that heals and that uh, you know that gives this really like strong foundational layer that you know we can trust yeah like the same with you and I right because what you know what we tend to do for not thinking is try to avoid difficult conversations um, because we're afraid it's going to jeopardize the relationship. In reality, what happens is when we don't have those conversations, um, the relationship starts to surface and drift because there's big parts of of yourself and the other person that you're not talking about. Right. And then when it finally comes out, you're not greeted with, "Okay, wow. Well, let's. What does that mean? And how does that work?" It's more like, "Why didn't I know about this? When was that? And what happens? What what erodes a friendship or relationship more than anything else is deception." You know, is not including somebody in what's really going on in your life, because that creates this dual reality where they think we're this type of relationship, everything is fine, and you're thinking in yourself for the last seven years, like I don't know if this is gonna work. I want something else. I want more of this. I don't like it when he or she 
does is talks to me this way but you know what I didn't want to bring it up because I don't want to lose this person and then when that time comes up to when it comes out right. they're like when did, when did you start feeling this way and that feeling of being bamboozled or being deceived is more erosive than having a difficult conversation as it arises yeah. you know and that's that's the real so yeah no I think you know like looking back at our um experiences you know we've gone through these difficult things so many times that Mm -hmm. you know now when 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 something serious happens we're both we don't dismiss it we don't you know uh shrug it off like yeah whatever we'll get through it you know we we feel it we do we you know work through it it's hard it sucks it's blah blah you know but i think that on both of our sides we're less concerned about one of us one of us walking away because right. it's hard right yeah we we'll just keep turning it out and, and you know so this talks about being able to navigate by building wide having uh when you build wide you have different lanes to nourish each other when some lanes are not working and also gives room for reconciliation and reconciling um and i look at in my past you know let's say past 10 years of all the people that I've been through hardship with, that I've reconciled with, where the vibe is peace, and the ones that I haven't, right? And the ones, the difference, the ones that I haven't, um, they're just not in a space to want to have the deep conversation right. and own it. Yeah, it's there's pieces of the truth they don't want to talk about, or they're still in denial about. And every other one, no matter if, if it hurt hella bad or if we had disagreed on some core issues or whatever, even if it was it was, went down hella bad, like with time and conversation, someone and both of us being able to own and be aware and just hear each other, we can reconcile and we can have a new friendship, a new connection that, you know, may, it'll never be what it was, but it's not meant to be. 20, 2020 is not meant to be 2016. It's a very mm-hmm. different year, clearly. Um, but... And when you build wide, it, it trains you to understand that when you disagree with someone or when someone you get a fight with someone, it doesn't mean that everything that you love about them and they love about you is gone now. Right. It just means there's a certain issue that you guys are having. But if you have the foundation, you will you can make it through. It may take years to not talk about it. It may take a long walk away. But if you have that width, you can gain perspective again and be like, no, that's there's still that person that I saw all the good things in. It's just, at this point in their life, they wanted this and it came out that way and I wanted this and it came out a way that conflicted with theirs. And we didn't dance well that time. Like, as a team, we failed right. that time. That, we failed that game or we failed that season, but that doesn't mean we failed in our career of being friends if we choose to be willing to own our stuff and just, you know, and have that width that we built, you know? Yeah, and you know, some reconciliations are more real than others right and it all depends on how real you know right. we want to be on both sides yeah the depth of you it you know you and i like to be fully real but yeah. then you can't make the other person to be fully real so depending on you know the level of like how deep they want to go right. on their side it's going to determine what kind of friendship is rebuilt right and that's and that's the real and you know like um you know a person who comes back after you guys have had a hard time or a fight or a disagreement or a blow up and they say well can we just get back to being good um, and just move on and start fresh you know 
but they don't want to talk about any of the stuff that happened. Right. Then now that's where I say, well, we can, but it's going to be really surface. Like, hey, hey, how's it going? It's right. going to be love. I'm still going to, I love, but it's going to be surface. Right. Now, if you want to, you know, mend the roots and grow, grow another foundation, we just have to go back and mend those roots, which means, you know, you get to share your truth and how it felt then and I have to understand that no matter if I agree or disagree on how it happened that's your truth and that's real to this person and the other person has to be able to hear mine and after that if we both can feel like okay I, I we understand without needing a zero-sum gain of admit you're wrong you know just be like okay that's real because to me the right thing is just admitting that now I understand where you were coming from. And the other person going, I understand where you were coming from. Right. That's 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 85% of it, unless where the other person's coming from or where I was coming from is still brutally painful to the other person. You know, but if they're like, no, I, I understand now. Like, you know, I can hear you now that I'm not emotionally triggered. I can hear and see how you saw it. And if we can both do that, then we can we can move forward and have conversations now because we went back to the roots. And we, you know, we actually honor those and, and had that conversation. Not just like let's just move on and be. Let's just let's just start fresh. Like there's when people say that in friendships, relationships, it's so funny. Like no one starts fresh if there's past traumas. Because the minute something bad comes up, of course, all that shit comes back up. See, I knew I shouldn't have. You know, you're just like you ain't changed a bit. You know. <laughs> so yeah, man, build wide and we take the time. What else you got in there? You good? Yeah, that's Got a pretty good much like that was our. That's all I had. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, man. We here Black Russian podcast. We still making these things, digging deep. I'm sure something is gonna come up that I'm gonna want to talk about. Right, and that's why we have other episodes to continue to do this. We appreciate you guys like, share, rate, I don't know, all that other stuff that people do when they like a podcast. And um, I keep bumping the table. That was me. And <laughs> <laughs> like I just saw a spike on I there. I think we're just so happy to be outside that like we're like a little loopy mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. yeah. Like we can breathe. So that's what it is. So we're, you know, we're grateful. We're alive. Um, you know, the world is in flux everywhere. Uh, you know, the, un- the nasty underbelly of the foundation of United States and the world is showing its ass, you know, um, with all this nastiness and I mean, Jacob on, you and, know, and Kenosha on, getting shot and all this stuff but we need to see it we need yeah. to be able to assess what is really going on and how people really feel and how the structure is really built in order for us to make any systemic change yeah. we can't just like we're just saying can't we just start fresh now no we can't because the foundation is is what it is yep. so it's dangerous it's crazy um, but it's real and I would rather deal with the reality and understand what's really going on then you know be in this false sense of security and you know because i don't want to be reminded that i'm still I'm, I'm one of the guys who looks like any of the guys who've been shot yeah so you know it's hard to um stay in that discomfort but once again what we're talking about is being able to find peace and balance and joy amongst a ongoing discomfort the reality is at any given time it can happen Right. And that's just kind of part of the reality that I live, but it doesn't mean it has to encompass um, my whole being. But at the same time, it doesn't mean I need to ignore it to live a good life. Yeah. So, 
It's what it is, Tian Buku One. And Yula. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 40, whatever. Jesus. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the tunes. Since see me planting, but I'm an addy, Danny, and I did your 